Hi, my name is Sammy. Avast, Captain. There's something witchy afoot. My name is Caleb, and I just might save your life this week. My name is Cordell, and of course it'll work. I read about it on the internet. And this is Junk House. It's a psychobilly freakout! Welcome back to www.junkhouse.com, your best website and podcast to listen to today, Friday. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna sing and dance. Ready, ready for some dancing auditorially. Yeah, Cordell, you coach Sammy through dancing. Ha! 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 I've been practicing that one for years. I'm never going to tell you that trade secret. Are I, you missing the part where she did a front flip into a back flip into a double handspring? I was over here trying to learn how to do a jazz square, and Sammy just did one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen ever, and it's a just, shame this is an auditory medium. And I the jazz hands a, at the end. Did you see the, the jazz, jazz hands? Oh, my God. Yeah. That was I, a master class. You know Bob what? Fossey who? I pooped myself a little. It was so good. That's the aim of that dance. If if at least one person in the crowd poops their pants, you know. I don't I don't a have successful to change. routine. I don't have that's to good. change pants. I have to change chairs. I have oh. to change ways of life. That changed me in a oh fundamental God. manner. <laughs> well, that's actually a perfect segue. Oh. Because my topic changed me in a fundamental manner in a way of a show I haven't seen before. I also said this to Caleb earlier, and I think this is a perfect title for this type of segment. Uh, I came in when Caleb was in the call earlier, and I said, my topic is a gush fest. Because it's just something I really like and want to talk about. Yeah, that's great. So... Sunday. Also, Gushfest is a great orgy name. It's a great orgy name. It's it's like Herogasm. Yeah, welcome from... to Gushfest. Welcome to Gushfest. Gushfest. Um, Squirters and spurters only. <laughs> if you aren't gushing, you aren't living. Get the fuck out of here. Gush um, or blush, baby. <laughs> but on Sunday, I didn't I didn't work on Sunday. So I've been using my friends HBO Max. And there's this little show on there called Our Flag Means Death. Have you I've seen heard it? I've heard You've the heard title. Of it? Oh, and I've, no. I've heard it might verily be verily gay. Yes. So this is the issue. Now neither of you have seen it. So I can't yeah. say anything. Well, I'm probably not going to watch it, so I don't personally care. Okay. I've I've seen enough and enough has been spoiled for me because I just scroll through Twitter and being at LGBTQ means during that time our flag means death was spoiled for me. 
okay, fair. So, so Our Flag Means Death is uh, a little show about the loosely based on the true story of the gentleman pirate. Um, if you don't know who that is, it's this guy named Steed Bonnet. And he was just this rich dude that Wait, his like, name was Steed? Steed. Like Steve, huh. but with a D instead of a V. Incredible. D for dog. Um, and he's played by Reese Darby. That was more Australian. Pretend like I was New Zealand there. But, um, and it's great. It's really funny. It's like, but it's just this real dude left his wife and his kids and just went to sea to become a pirate. Um, the it starts off with like the crew just completely hating him, but mm-hmm. it like just it's just a it's a funny little comedy about this yeah. imbecile. But then also like Blackbeard comes into the picture. Um, he's a big pirate. He's he's a bit he's the biggest pirate. Some say, and that's he's actually played by Taika Waititi. Mm. And I oh is so good, but um. Yeah, it's just really cute. There's a non-binary actor in it, a Vico Orte- Orte- Ortiz. I'm sorry, I feel like I butchered that. But um, yeah, and they play a non-binary non-binary character. <clears throat> it's just it's just great. But um, yeah, there's just some random trivia I found on IMDb. That I can talk about <laughs> since you guys yeah. don't know really like yeah I'm much I'm about I'm torn it. because like in real life when my friend is like hey I'm watching this thing I'm really excited about I sit and I just listen and I'm like that's really awesome that doesn't make for the best podcast episode that's... so part of me is what like is it appropriate to goof and go on tangent goofs yeah go on or tangent do I goofs? just like accept that you really love this thing and I want to hear you talk about the thing well <laughs> yeah the the idea was. I I guess I had th- thought I should have asked if you guys had seen it. So this is a not me talking the entire time. So like tangents yeah. and goofs are perfect. If you were a pirate, what what body part would you be missing? Because it seems like all the fictional Ooh. pirates are missing one. You know, like they're missing a foot, yes. they're missing a hand, they're missing an eyeball. What you missing? I'm missing this my heart. A, this is something I thought of <laughs> for a long time. No, I'm J- I'm Davy Jones. No, I'm kidding. Do you do you get the whole octopus beard? Uh, it's more of a squid beard. It's slightly different. It's got the you know the two, and it's more oh, of okay. squid. It's more squid hair. Let's be real. Davy Jones would give unreal head. Oh my god! Imagine those yeah. tentacles fondling yeah. your. Yep. Uh huh. Fondling the balls. Fondling <laughs> just about anything. I'd I'd learn a lot about myself that day. <laughs> um, I would be missing. I would probably be missing a leg. Let's be honest. <clears throat> okay. Know? What are you replacing it with? I'd replace it with like a giant, like wooden leg, like a wooden peg leg. But in the thigh part, I've cut out part of the leg and replaced it with like a little steel cage where I have a little bird. Oh, Ooh, leg bird. So I have a okay, little, yeah. Leg so bird. that way, 
it, so I can, but I can let the bird out. Like it's not stuck yeah, in there. Yeah. But it knows it's home. It's and a bird of prey. And you Ooh, can just like. It's a falcon. You can like launch it at people. It's what, yeah, that's, that's what happens. It's like, uh, oh no, uh, captain, they're boarding our ship. Falcon leg. <laughs> and then, like, falcon fucking, leg. Falcon. <laughs> exactly. Falcon kick. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Ooh. It would literally be a falcon kick. It would just be like, like I kick them with the peg leg, and then they're like, "Oh, that really hurt!" And then a falcon gets them in the eye, and I'm like, "Yeah, you fucker." Why don't we just have falcon cages on all parts of the body? So, like, I, I'm missing my hand. Falcon cage. Falcon punch. <laughs> this is what I've been saying. Okay, so okay, sorry. Another side tangent <laughs> off the tangent. My dad like had a falcon when I was a kid. So, like, I grew up yeah, with I a falcon. Yeah, so like I've had like I've grown up That's with wild. a falcon. Yeah, it's, it's what was its, it's name? Part of, its name was she, um, because she? everyone would just talk about the bird and be like, "Oh, she's so pretty," and Dad was just like, "Well, I guess her name is she." Um, Got it. I first of all don't like that bird. That bird was horrible, oh. but <laughs> also. Wow. Do you know how much social cachet when when it's like, oh, what kind of pets do you have at home? And everyone in the class is like, I have a dog. I have a cat. And I'm like, my family has a falcon. And then you know how much that gets you in life? A, a lot, lot, I bet. Like, a lot. It a gets lot you of a social lot. currency. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, when you're talking about replacing your leg, it made me think of the 2007 film Planet Terror. Part of the Grindhouse movies. You ever seen that? What? No. Okay, so first of all, let me tell you about Grindhouse. It was a, like, weird double feature that Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez made, like, together. Okay. And it, like, it literally combines their two movies into one, like, really long movie. Okay. And it's just like, yeah, watch them both. But Planet Terror is like this weird zombie thing. But the main, the main character in it is a stripper who, when the zombie stuff starts happening, she loses her leg at like the thigh and replaces it with a like machine gun that she okay. can just kick her leg up and shoot because it's that I kind have, of excessive movie. I have heard of that and seen the imagery. <clears throat> I have not actually yeah. watched the movie, though. I mean, is, it, yeah. If you're looking for a weird night, there are worse ways to spend it, but I wouldn't be like, go watch these films. Um, but it yeah. made me think of that. Like, what era of pirates are we? Because Falcon Kick could easily just be a whole gun. Cyber pirates. Whoa. But the ocean is still there. And, like, are, are we stealing, like, modems and stuff off of cargo ships? Ooh. Ooh. I like this. I like this idea of cyber pirates. Yeah. Cyber I actually pirates. had an idea too. That's not cyber pirates, but it's like what if there was a pirate ship full of lepers cuz like they're already going to die anyway, might as well make their fame and fortune and, and give it to the love. people they're leaving behind. <laughs> fall in love? They fall in like, love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fall I mean, they're yeah. hey, when you're dying, you learn a lot about living. Yeah. Here's Truly. my thing. If you're gonna die, fall in love. Yeah. Might as well. 
Because as we always like to say, life is pointless without having a romantic partner. Aww. I'm the only one. I don't don't think that. That is not a thought I have. That is not a thought I truly believe. My personal life for Cordell has been very much enriched by having a romantic life partner. But I don't think every person needs that. Yeah. No, but our flag means death slap. Like, just watch it, Cordell. Is it a musical? There no. is it feels music. like it'd be a musical. No, there it's is not. music, but it's not a musical. Yeah, one of okay. the classic pirate ship. One of them is a musician and plays the lute and shit. I still like occasionally will walk around our house just going, "Oh, a pirate life being quite nice. Nothing as nice as a pirate life." And that's a. That's all I remember of the song. And Olivia was good. Yeah. Can you please, if you're gonna, if you're gonna sing it, you have can to you watch sing the whole? The can you sing the yeah. whole song? My thing is, if I watch this show, I'm gonna have to wait till I'm less angry with Taika Waititi, and then I'll watch it. Why are you angry at him? Because Thor: Love and Thunder was one was of the good. most childish, masturbatory things I've ever seen, and he just didn't care. He did not care. And he actively, like, disrespected <laughs> all the effort that has been put into making these characters the characters they are. Well, I haven't seen it, so... oh Caleb, <laughs> I see that look on your face, but I'm not stepping down from this. That movie is one of the only Caleb movies in the MCU I felt like legitimately did not give a crap. I will keep my thoughts to myself. Why? I will just I will just say that I watched that movie and thought that it was very fun and very good and I didn't care that it wasn't you know perfect but it did a lot it did a lot for Thor. Thor's character progression in the movie was genuinely good. Jane Foster had a sad but satisfying ending. And I thought Christian Bale did a very good job as Gore. Christian Bale was an incredible role trapped in a bad film. Um, Gore, Gore was the highlight. But here's the deal. The movie didn't care about itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want to get t- stuck on this forever, but like, there were every decent moment of development or growth was immediately cut in half by a stupid joke that just didn't land. Oh, they landed for me. They did not. Every single time. Here's, and here's what I think is the biggest indicator of his mindset making this movie. Because to me it was, oh, Taika, you did so good with Thor Ragnarok and you are so funny. We will give you full creative license. And then he just threw it all away because here's the the most frustrating part of the movie that kind of like encapsulates my problems with the whole movie there is a small little visual gag they have in new asgard at the very beginning of the movie where there's an ice cream shop called infinity cones and it is based on thanos and the infinity gauntlet it's a little ice cream store that's funny caleb the snap got rid of half of all life for half a decade and was massively traumatic and caused near social collapse 
and they're making a fun little joke ice cream shop about it, that just wouldn't happen. That just absolutely, that would be like, oh, welcome to Holocaust waffles. Like, it's just, that's not how things work. That is a complete disregard and disrespect for something that every other aspect of the MCU legitimately puts weight on and takes seriously. Yeah, but also, Cordell, I hate to tell you that that would happen. Because look at what is successful in a place where you went on your honeymoon, and I'm about to go on my honeymoon. You have a full dinner and show based on the Confederacy and the Civil War. Capitalism knows no bounds in what it will capitalize on. The Confederacy and Civil War is in no one's living memory. It's in no one's living memory. Okay, then what about Marvel making a comic capitalizing on 9-11 with Spider-Man Black? But did it actually handle it respectfully, or did it, like, make it a stupid little joke? It handled it respectfully, but that's still capitalism preying on something. But there's a difference between, hey, let's make a quick buck talking about something in a serious manner, and, hey, let's throw in a little joke about the most traumatic event that's happened to the entire universe. I think sometimes a lot of people use comedy to get through traumatic events as well. Like making fun of the traumatic event. And it's not, I think it being more about the stones, like a pun on the stones is a little bit easier because it's not like, Hey, the snap ice cream, you know, like it's, it's more, more broad than that, I guess, you know? Just to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I understand. People make fun of 9-11 all the fucking time, and that was a very traumatic event. But no one's opening 9-11 soup, or I I couldn't think of a good food for (laughs) 9-11. But like... Fire fire Soup. Yeah, no, like, like like no one's opening a whole business for it, you know what I'm saying? And that, to me, is just my problem with the movie as a whole, is it's like... There's been a lot of actual growth and development done for these characters, and a lot of it was turned into just stupid little jokes. And I, I just felt like he had no actual regard for the, the journey they've been on or where they should be going. It was all just a lot of stupid jokes for me. So, fair. Not to um. Are you gonna tell me? Are you gonna tell me there's a 9/11 bistro or something? I'm gonna tell you that a restaurant in Virginia got in trouble for it and deleted it, but for a month ran a special with first responder flatbread, never forget sampler, two cups of two ninety seven or two twenty nine seventy seven chowder, which was the flight number. Flight ninety three redirects crab dip, the Pentagon Panini, two remember two remember teeny cocktails. Oh my god. Freedom and- flounder. <laughs> oh no, there's more. 9-11 oysters. That one is just... That's wild. Lazy. Like that, That's just like, that's a lazy one. Everything else was a lot more thought out. Yeah. So... <laughs> but wh- what, what did they, what did you say happened to them because of that? What did they do? They got they in trouble. They deleted it after three But weeks. where was this ice cream shop? Was it on this, Earth? Well, this was in... Yeah, it was on Earth. It was like yeah. in like Arizona was, okay. or some shit. Wait, no, it, wait, no. It was like movie? New Asgard. That's yeah. it, it was literally in New Asgard. Um. Anyway, this isn't a critical analysis podcast. Caleb and I can hash this out in a couple months when we get to that on Just Super. But I, I, 
am pissed at the amount of disrespect for the characters and for their journeys. And that is why I'm currently mad at Taika Waititi, because he's a very talented writer, very talented director and actor. He's fantastic, but I feel like he's a little too high on his own supply right now. And I'm going to leave it at that. Caleb, learn to save our lives or whatever. All right. Unsurprisingly, this is a quiz. Quiz show but with Caleb Burley. This yeah, one yeah. is a little bit different. You guys are going to be working together. Friendship. Each, there are, I have six questions. If you get the right answer, I'll give you 10 points. However, for every wrong answer you give, I will dock you five points. Oh, my God. And <laughs> The stakes uh, are too high. All, that is all I will say. You guys can talk about it as much as you want. Like, there is no time rush or anything because it's only six questions. This week, for this, this week. style of quiz that you guys are going to be working together on, I want to have you guys think about holiday travel. You know, we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. So this one, I am nicknaming the quiz Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, as well as a ship. Uh, because that Ooh, is what yeah. we're going to be talking about. Okay. First, so, uh, do you guys just want to dive right into this quiz? Always. Yes. You guys have driven your way down to Florida. There are a lot of beautiful ports in which you can take a cruise out of. Cruises beautiful. are not notorious for being the safest thing. So I want to know what you guys think is the most dangerous place on a cruise ship. Hmm. Um, okay, Sammy, let's, let's use our collective cognitive faculties here. Um, is it like, do you think it could be like an engine room kind of deal where they're actually like, there's a lot of stuff going on? Possibly. Or do you think it's like the railing? Um, well, real quick, it's, we only get docked the points if we submit an answer that is incorrect. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Just you guys sure. can keep, you guys can keep submitting until you get it right or you give up. Okay. But okay. you run I just wanted the risk to make that of clear. multiple can I Can I ask a clarifying question? Absolutely. When you when you say like most dangerous place on a cruise ship, do you mean the entirety of the ship or the places where people are normally gonna be? I, I'm gonna I I will say just the places where people will be normally. Okay. And so, so I won't like dock you guys room. for stating the engine room. No, I will not dock the engine so like, room. So like so like a passenger location. A passenger location. This is a place where passengers are gonna be found all the time. Okay. Or not all the time, but this is a place where passengers are going to be found. Mm. Could it be like, is it some random bullshit of like the pool? Because yeah, that's drown. that's what I was wondering too. Is it's either going to be like something like the pool where they drown a lot, or the dining hall where people like choke on food because they're gorging yeah. themselves because it's a cruise. That I th I feel like it has to be one of those. I don't think cruise ships cruise ships are not famous for sinking constantly. No, um, and they're also like you don't hear constant news articles of another person fell over the side. So <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's got to be some normal activity that just has a fairly decent rate of injury. Yeah. Do we want to submit one of those? 
So here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Pools have lifeguards. It's a cruise. They care about not getting sued. So lifeguards are probably going to keep it safer. I say we do like the dining hall. I agree with that because dining okay. hall you can also get like sick from food. Yeah, well you're right. On it. Okay, Caleb, we submit the dining hall. I'm sorry to tell you that you guys are starting off on a bad foot with negative five points right out the no. get go. Okay. Uh, because the dining hall actually cruises have very strict standards to keep their food absolutely in best condition. That's so. That's uh, but do they have do they have getting... strict standards for not letting people shove too much food down their gullet and choking? There isn't, but also the the risk of people like choking. They actually a lot of cruises will intentionally give smaller portions and you may think oh that's because they want to save money that's actually because they want to reduce the risk of choking okay they they cannot eliminate it but they will they will uh they will reduce the risks that's negative five points do you guys try to guess again there's no such thing as safe there's just mitigated risk yeah yeah Yeah. um do we think do we want to try pool pool, then yeah say it go ahead i guess we'll submit pool like water area on the on the cruise Ooh, no down to negative 10 yeah there's usually per pool on a on a cruise ship there is about five total lifeguards and some of them are actually just dressed as normal people so you don't suspect they're lifeguards plain clothes lifeguards Exactly. I think so, I just connected with something, maybe. Okay, g- hit me with it. What is a place <clears throat> that you are most likely to be alone on a cruise ship? The bathroom. The bathroom. Maybe some crazy shit happens. This is a goofy answer. And they're, everyone dies in the bathroom because they're all alone and can't be saved. Well, I mean, think about it. You're on the ocean. What if a wave rocks the boat while you're like in the shower? You slip. Yeah. You get hurt. Or like, you know, like, yeah. You die in the bathroom. But, but here's my other thing. We are allowed to just give up on the question. We are at negative 10. At best, we go up to zero if this is the correct answer. At worst, we get negative five points. And this is a quiz show on a podcast, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So let, you want to say, let's just fucking go for it then. Let's go. Is it the bathroom? I'm sorry that you guys are going down to negative 15. The bathrooms okay. are designed with anti-slip materials and handrails all over. Okay, then uh, we so give up is... on this question. Right. Wait, wait, well, let me give it one more. Let me get one, <laughs> more. Yeah, one, more, one, one more. One more, one more, one more, one more. The railing. Down to negative 20. I am sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, so here's the correct answer. Uh, the correct answer is actually the lifeboat because most of them are not clean. So there's enough bacteria alone in there that you will get sick if you are strapped in a lifeboat for any amount of time. Most Damn. of them are actually not strapped down correctly. So there's a chance you just stand underneath and they fall and you die by getting crushed to death on a life, like on the boat from the lifeboat. That makes me think of that one joke in Community where they have the like uh, actuarial like safety inspector guy coming through and he grabs the vending machine and starts shaking it and he's like, these suckers cause three deaths a year. Two of them are inspectors. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially yeah, what it boils down to. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. 
All right, moving on. We're going to have a few questions in a row about planes. So planes. you guys both have more experience on planes. planes than I do. I only have experience on like small planes, but if you have one on bigger ones. So I've been on a plane or two. I want you guys to close your eyes again and imagine that you guys are flying on a plane over the Atlantic. You guys are going to London. It's going to be a wonderful time. You've flown out of Atlanta. You've, you're so excited. You're trying to sleep when out of nowhere you hear over the loudspeaker that the pilot is incapacitated. He is knocked out. He is sick. He cannot fly the plane anymore. What should you do as a passenger? I mean, we just stay in no, our seats and do nothing, right? Like Nothing because there's unless, a co-pilot. The, unless the co-pilot and the autopilot is all fucked up then and i'm certain they like give like give stewards and stewardesses like a little bit of training on if both of them happen to die you know like yeah at least in my experience of my life of being on planes i have never they've never prepped anybody for hey you as a passenger need to you stuff Yeah, you probably just buckle your seatbelt and stay there. Yeah. Stay seated and be chill. That's yes. the end. That's yeah. what we're submitting. You guys go back up to negative 10. Yeah. Right answer. Many people believe that they will try and go fly the plane. However, that always <laughs> no. leads in a crash. Uh, there's also an idea that you can break into the cockpit and wake the pilot up. They'll. The cockpit is locked and it is impossible to break into on purpose. Uh, There's also the idea that you can try and find another pilot that is on the plane. Uh, Even if you do find a pilot, they are probably not able to fly a commercial aircraft like that. Uh, And even they did a test where they brought in a hundred small plane pilots and had them do a, a simulator of the plane is crash, this commercial plane is crashing. Try and land it, or try and fly it and land it. Um, all of them failed. Uh, hundred percent failed. Uh, <laughs> fifty good. of them accidentally turned off the autopilot mm. and instantly crashed. Yeah, cool. By so just for safety reasons, thing- there's always a captain and a co-pilot. Yeah, yeah, and even going into that more, uh, captain uh, the. Pilot, co-pilot, and on long stretches over the Atlantic, there's also a third, yeah, like potential. Yeah. All of them are required to eat separate meals, uh, just in case one of them happens to, you know, make them sick. There is always, you know, the other two did not get the same meal. There are so many fail safes, yeah, that you should not worry about if your pilot gets incapacitated. Yeah, and you there is this, there is this just horrifying statistical tendency where the average person and remember that average is like among the dumbest people you've ever met the average person (laughs) thinks they can do a lot of things they absolutely could not do yeah absolutely like 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 that like 40 something percent of men think that they can like beat serena williams at tennis or like all these people think they could like (laughs) win a fight with a lion like the dumbest people think they're smarter than you yeah absolutely it's the ignorance of not knowing how little they know 
the, yeah, it's called the, it's like the, the Dunning Kruger effect or something yes, like it's yeah, got a yeah, name. Yeah. It is the yeah. literal opposite of imposter syndrome. You don't know enough to know you don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's say we're back on that plane over the Atlantic uh-uh. and let's say somehow it <laughs> does crash, unfortunately. Okay. On your way down, what should you be doing? You got to put your hands in those positions. And like it's like do that or you there's it's like covering your head. I've heard I've heard a myth. I don't know if it, this is probably a myth, but I've heard that that's supposed to the positions that you put your hands in are supposed to actually break your neck. So it's an oh. easier, it's like a easier, quicker death than being trapped. I don't think that's true. No, I because here's here's my thought on it. You're going down, especially over a body of water, like. One flotation device under your seat, but yeah. that is like a post crash thing. Like for the crash itself, you got to be buckled up, and I think you want to be like curling up into that ball with like your head towards your knees and your hands over your head, just to minimize yes. the amount of you that's flailing at any given moment. And in case glass breaks when you land or anything breaks, you're not getting hit in the face with it. Yeah, you got to so cover I, your head for sure. Yeah, I do think it's the like buckle up. Head down to your knees and hands cupped over your head kind of deal. Yeah, we submit that. You guys are absolutely right. You're back up to zero points. Uh, Yeah. Just kind of be bracing for impact. The other thing you can do, so there were two options to get the 10 points for this one. Okay, uh, Is that oxygen mask that falls down? Yeah. You want to get as much of that in as you can. Take some breathers. Uh, Good point, yeah. So you want to take in as many deep breaths of that, like, pretty pure oxygen as you can get uh because next question if you land in the water you obviously have to hold your breath and tread water for a little bit so what gas is monitored in your body that lets you know that you have to breathe right now if you're holding your breath what gas is monitored oh that's yeah that's co2 car drive wait 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 but oxygen this is a trick. A it's oxygen. Oxy- yeah. Because your your body needs oxygen. When you can't breathe, your body is getting harmed by the lack of oxygen. It's a trick question. Also, I a think- lot of time, a lot of times the plane will float. Yeah. And so you have time to get onto the slides that turn into flotation vices as well. Yeah. Yeah. So but no, I, <laughs> you won't even be treading water. <laughs> I I think I think this is a, a good old Caleb trickery question because your body is going to monitor the amount of what it needs, not the amount of the waste. So I think it's oxygen. Final answer? Sammy, are you in? Yes. Yep. That was actually some uh, a, a double trick. It is actually CO two. Ah! Uh, that oh, was uh, me trying to actually get in Cordell's head and double trick you. Well, you work. You did it. Like, congrats. <laughs> so here's the thing. The reason that I said you want to take in as much oxygen as you can get. Most people think they can hold their breath for one to two minutes tops. If you have just like if you have taken in enough pure oxygen, the world record is around fifteen minutes of holding your breath if you get just oxygen oxygen. and you have to like kind of like actively think through and be okay but so now in this in this scenario 
you're you're still treading water, and I'm sorry. I but. read a book one time. Um, sorry, I just my brain needed to <laughs> declare this. No, and, you're good. And in the book, um, it was a sci-fi book, but they were like people were given like new bodies, and their brains were like put into these like very much like organically enhanced bodies and they had what was called smart blood that could hold like four times the oxygen of a normal person yeah and so during their training because they were in like a military force they had to be underwater for like 20 30 minutes at a time holding their breath because their brain still thought like a human and didn't realize that they were fundamentally beyond what they used to be so they would panic after a minute or two of holding their breath, even though they had like a good 20 minutes left, because your brain wants you to breathe, even if you don't need to breathe yet. Yeah. Like with the pure oxygen thing. That's super cool. Oh it's a God. great book series. It's The Old Man's War by John Scalzi. I've, I've heard of that. They're yeah, delightful. I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. So for question number five, and then we have one more question and we'll be done. Okay. You've got ox. You've got oxygen. You're treading water. You're doing just fine. You're in the middle of the ocean, but you're doing okay. So, what's your next move? Uh, piss my pants in the ocean. Let it all. Yeah, out. you'll be warm. Yeah, you gotta um, piss. You gotta piss. But um, after that, um, <laughs> find a thing to float on. I mean, plane, plane wreck. Plane are the slide. flares the flares. flares we gotta find a flare wait well no we don't want to send up a flare if no one's around though because that's about is it another just hang out stick with the stick with the everyone else like stick yeah because together because ooh, maybe form like person rafts where like if there's no flotation devices around get in a group of like three or four other people and like rest in shifts so that no one gets Ooh. too exhausted. Because again, sharks come out at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be like Jaws all over again. But like, yeah. no one. Again, we're just normal people on a plane. We're not the people who are meant to do anything in that situation. Yeah. I think I think I would say just like find a way to float for a long period of time, whether that's grouping up or finding a flotational thingamajig. I I agree. I concur. Okay, then Sub that is our answer. Submit buzzer. So, I'm not going to dock you points, because that is, if there are other people around, that is the correct thing to do. But according to the National Travel Agency of London, so this is English We're not from talking. there. I'm not <laughs> British. If you are in the middle of the ocean and you are unable to find a flotation device, you know, even like trying to grab it and it pushes it further away, you don't want to waste the oxygen in your body try, like, trying to like move or scream for help. The head of the National Travel Agency in an interview in 2018 said the best thing you can do is actually just give up. <laughs> oh. I mean, you, you are in the middle of the ocean. Your odds of survival are yeah. so yeah, minimal. That's, but I guess so that the, is assuming in, you are alone in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Uh, her, her exact quote was, uh, make your peace, say your prayers, and hope there's something after, uh, was her exact God answer damn. in the interview. You gotta be realistic, though. I mean, I get That'd it. Like you, you are stranded alone in the middle of the ocean. You're, the odds of you getting out of that 
are so small. Yeah. Uh, the most common form of out. yeah. The most common form of travel in the United States outside of just walking is driving. So I have a question about driving for you guys. Car time. You guys will be doing it soon. If you are driving the car, if you are driving in the car, where is the safest place to hold your hands on the steering wheel? I feel like this is going to be a trick and it's not 10 and 2. Or it's a double, triple, quadruple trick and it is 10 and 2. Well, let's let's think about this, Sam, Sam Amantha Mantha. Like... When you're told 10 and 2, that is a good, normal, like, hi, time to learn a decent place of where to grab. But also, yeah. you get in a wreck, and that dashboard comes on, it's clumping your hands at the 10 and 2. So maybe yeah, it's, like, yeah. the underside of the steering wheel. Like, if you're, like, holding lower on the wheel, or within the wheel. Oh, the middle? The middle. Because then well, the no, wheel no, no, protects no, Because then airbag. Airbag. Airbag crushes hands into face. Maybe it's maybe it's I think it the is bottom. the bottom. I think it is yeah. bottom because that puts puts you out of the way of yeah. the airbag. What nothing's squishing you down there. So what is that? So ten and two, so is that like eight eight, eight and, and four? eight and four four? Yeah, I I think so. But yeah, but Caleb The bottom half of the, the bottom half of a steering wheel. It was a double, triple, quadruple. I hate hate to tell you guys are going to go back to negative 10, but you guys are are going to, sorry. Yep. You guys are going to negative 10. The correct answer, and then I'm actually going to ask you guys a few more questions to hopefully give you guys a chance for some bonus points to maybe bring it up. Okay. The correct correct answer is nine and three. Uh, 10 and two Mm. as a... uh, position was actually started in a public service announcement campaign back in the 40s what was put in a steering wheel between then and now that would make it dangerous airbag it's the airbag i'll give you guys five points for getting the airbag so yeah we had the correct reasoning the the, the logic was the correct position the logic yes the logic was there nine and three is because as you hold your hands there, the worst that happens is the airbag pushes your elbows out and you let go. Gotcha. Okay. Whereas 10 and 2, there is actually a specific injury that can happen from the airbag coming out at upwards of 256 miles per hour. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you know what injury can happen that is specific to airbags coming at you? Is it breaking your elbows? your hands. It is specifically for your hands. I will tell oh, you that. Oh, for your hands. Do Breaking they just get exploded? You like lose your hands. Fingers go to shit. <laughs> Both of you are right. It's actually a uh, the medical term for it. I'm giving you five points to bring you back. Well, up we to were zero. both right, so probably give us ten. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> no, because you were both getting at the element of what it is. It is a injury known as degloving. Oh, and yeah, so your that, yeah. your skin rips yeah, off uh-huh. your hand, and then possibly you Yummy. lose your fingers. It's gross. It's horrible. But that is the injury. I never that thought is of my skin as a glove, but I guess that's yeah. accurate. So that is the injury that uh, can happen because of an airbag. Uh, that being said, yes, nine and three is the correct air quote position. 
but really the uh, Travel Association of America says to hold your hands where they are most comfortable and just yeah. keep aware of the road. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're getting in a wreck, the airbag's going to do what the airbag's going to do. There's so many factors. Like you're not always just going to have nine and three. So yeah, I get it. Exactly. Like just do what lets you drive the safest. Absolutely, and that is uh that was our quiz. Uh, for this week. Yeah, uh, I, okay. I, and you know what's the best time to go to the dentist? 2.30. Got it in Wait, one. Caleb, I've got a question for you. I have an answer. Where are you most likely to get in a car accident? Oh, you're actually most in likely to get in a car accident in a parking lot. Really? Yeah. That makes sense. Because there are no actual, like, rules yep. in a parking lot, so people are more likely to drive more crazy parking like, lots are like, the anarchist's dream there well, are that's no actually rules what in parking it, lots did I ever t- it's actually really interesting because like police have no jurisdiction over car faults in a parking lot like if somebody bumps your car in a parking lot the police cannot do anything wild what because, I mean, there, if there are no rules, then you cannot break the rules. The best that yeah. can happen is insurance companies do something. Exactly. Wow. My, this actually, my grandmother was right. Did I ever tell you what my grandmother told me? No. no. My grandma, when I was a senior in high school, I was about to graduate, she, sits, she had come to visit for my graduation, and she sits me down at the table, and she goes, Cordell, the lines in a parking lot are just lines. <laughs> and that was it that was her whole nugget of wisdom so, oh She's, my god she was she so was right, right. <laughs> that's like i don't know the word for it but there <laughs> is a word for um sayings that can be applied to many different things like an aphorism like an aphorism where it's just kind of like an like aneurysm. the lines in the the lines in the parking lot are just lines. That applies to so that many things. That can be applied to so many things. There has to be a word for it. Are you looking it up, or are you just saying there has to be? I'm looking it up. Okay. Yeah, I. <sighs> parking lots do make me anxious, but I think they're also the perfect indicator of whether a person's a decent person or not. And I don't. I don't mean decent to be good or bad. I think people are too complex to ever really boil someone down to a bad person. But a decent yeah. person is a lot more quantifiable, I would argue. Um, and there, there are two things about a parking lot that I think determine a decency. One is, do you put your shopping cart away? Yes. Because yep. that costs no, that does not cost you anything and only helps make society better, but there's no accountability. So if you fail to do that, I don't think you're a decent person because you Big c- agree. You can't even do a minimal thing that just helps everybody. Yeah. Like it's an entirely <laughs> exactly. selfish action. Yeah. But two, like how are you going to drive? Like what are you going to do? Like there there are no rules here. So like are you going to double park? Cuz you can, Ugh. like there's no one's no one's going to you can't get in trouble cuz it's just a random parking lot. Are you going to like park poorly and just leave it there are you gonna like you know like how are you gonna act when there are no rules stopping you from like giving you punishments yeah yeah Yeah. it is it is uh the word for a phrase or word that can apply to many different definitions or cases 
is a polysemous phrase or a polysemous word. Polysemous. I love that. Polysemous. Polysemen. There's a lot of semen here. On the sea. Uh-huh, yes, that is, that is both for a Come. lot of different workers on a ship, but also a lot of different semen in a location. <laughs> Pick an orifice, actually, any apparently, orifice. Apparently what? the most notorious polysemous word is bank. Yeah. Because you've got like a river bank, you can a bank money a bank. You can bank a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Caleb. I feel educated and safer. <laughs> Good. Now you know. Yeah, now you know. Avoid cool. the lifeboats on a cruise ship if you can. Speaking of safe, I think it's time we leave that behind. Oh, no. Okay. Who I know it's technically... What did you say? I said, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make one of you lucky, lucky folks a millionaire. Finally. With all Ooh. that money I've been saving up. No. Here's, I know it's November 1st, and I know that when this comes out, it will be even deeper into the month of November. Only slightly. But your boy's not going to go softly into that good night. So, got one more spooky topic. Ooh, okay. And I, I don't know if there's a special word for this kind of thing. I just kind of call it an urban myth, but it's not quite an urban legend, you know, like. A creepypasta. A creep. Basically a creepypasta. Like, have you ever heard of the elevator game? No. No. Okay. <laughs> then the first thing I have to do is read you the rules of the elevator game. Oh, God. I'm so scared. Is it like a trolley problem? No, it's spookier. Demons. So, basically... The elevator game is a series of rules. Let me find them. Give me a second. Okay. So. The the elevator game is essentially a series of instructions that if you take, you can theoretically go to another dimension. Ooh, okay. And and so it is in this brand of internet rumor and lore of like if you follow this specific set of rules in a in an odd space, typically a kind of liminal space, like elevators are inherently boundary points between floors. You follow a series of instructions in a specific space and a specific outcome will happen, usually a scary one. So I'm going to read you through the rules for the elevator game. Okay, okay, okay. Players, one, no more, no less. Requirements, a building at least 10 stories high and equipped with an elevator capable of reaching all 10 floors. Instructions. Venturing out. Begin at any time. Enter your chosen building and proceed directly to the elevator. Call the elevator. Use only the up button to do so. If a down button is present, do not touch it. When the doors open, enter the elevator. You must enter it on the first floor, and you must enter it alone. Do not proceed if anyone else is in the elevator with you. Press the button for the fourth floor. When the elevator reaches the fourth floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. When you reach the second floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator 
press the button for the sixth floor. And okay. then when you reach the sixth, stay in, press for the second. When you reach the second, stay in, press for the tenth. Reach the tenth, stay in, press for the fifth. When you reach the okay. fifth floor, a young woman may enter the elevator. Do not look at her. Do not speak to her. She is not what she seems. Do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator. Press the button for the first floor. At this point, one of two things will occur. The elevator will begin descending to the first floor, or it will begin ascending to the tenth. If the elevator descends, the ritual has failed. Do not proceed. When the elevator reaches the first floor, exit as soon as the doors open. Do not look back. Do not speak. Exit the building and don't look back. You may try again another time. <laughs> okay. If the elevator ascends, the ritual has succeeded. You may proceed. Note, though, that if you are having any second thoughts about what you're about to do, if you find that you're losing your nerve, now is your last chance to back out. To cancel the ascension and terminate the ritual at this point, press the button for any floor in the building besides the first or tenth. You must cancel the ascension before the elevator passes the ninth floor in order to terminate the ritual. When you reach the tenth floor, you may choose either to exit the elevator or to remain aboard. If you choose to exit and the woman entered the elevator on the fifth floor, she may take this opportunity to ask you where you are going. Do not answer her. Do not look at her. Exit the elevator without comment. Now look around, but do not lose sight of the elevator in which you arrived. You will, it said, find yourself in another world. And although you may see many things and notice many details, you will know you have arrived in this world. You will know for certain by one indication and one indication only. The only person present in it is you. And then for the return what? trip, yeah, the return, the method by which you return depends on your own world. Return to your own world depends on your choices thus far. So like if you did not exit the elevator at the 10th floor, you just press the button for the first and it should close and go back down. If it doesn't go back down, though, keep pressing the button for the first floor until it does. And then same thing. When you get to the first, leave, don't look back, don't talk, just go. Um... And return home as soon as possible. But if you chose to leave at the 10th floor, you have to return to the elevator, use the same elevator to return as the one you arrived, and when you enter the elevator, press the button for the 4th, and then you, like, reverse the steps to get back to the 1st floor again. But, well, no, you actually do the exact same steps, and then it'll try to go up again, but you have to, like, press a random button to cancel it. And then you'll, like, go to the first, um, but it gives you a warning. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not exit the elevator. Instead, repeat the steps until you can cancel it again to go home. Um, and, like, don't, out, don't escape until you're absolutely certain you're back in your own world. Um, and so that is the elevator game. It is this weird, very specific, and kind of ominous game that you can play alone that you have to be isolated to do that supposedly is going to take you to this other world that is only really knowable by the fact that you're alone in it. Yeah. And, like, I like it because you never know the consequences. Like, it just says, don't speak to this girl. What happens if you do? She's not what she seems. What is she? 
it's yeah. it's it's incredibly specific in the instructions, but vague enough in the consequences to be spooky. Yes. Yep. That that gives me vibes of SCP. Yeah. I love SCP. It's do you know what SCP is, Caleb? I don't think SCP so. is this is secure, contain, protect. It's this website. It's basically like a it's crowdsourced like wiki. Yeah. Crowdsource wiki, but all of the articles are like in this in the same writing type. So they're all like scientific articles found yeah. by this organization known as the SCP organization that is like they're all about taking these supernatural paranormal items and containing them, securing them, containing them, protecting civilization from the item. Yeah. That's and so it. like each SCP, like there's one and there's like a podcast where they'll just read the SCP articles out to you, which is really neat. But like there's an SCP that's just a building full of pipes, but the pipes grow and they're made of random, random things. And if you damage any of the pipes, like they attack you, like just weird stuff of like, this is impossible, but we found it. And now we're trying to understand it. Yeah, so it's very similar to like SCPs. Yeah, there's like a machine that makes things better. And of course with SCP, there's also like joke SCPs that have yeah. like it's like all of the SCPs are a number, so it's like SCP 101. One of my favorite joke ones uses a real one, which is the one that you put an item and you can enhance it. It just makes it better. However, okay. whatever that means. There's a joke one that's 420-J and they used that real SCP they put marijuana in it to make <laughs> the best weed known to man and the entire article is like marked out and it's like that's the best that I've ever smoked man that joint was like it's just is it I think I've seen something inspired by the SCP of making something better are you, either of you guys familiar with the paperclip game no okay so the paperclip game was a end it was a video game by an indie studio where the whole entire point is you are a robot designed with one function make the best paperclip oh i've heard of this game whoa i have heard and of it this. eventually like expands into what it, it makes you ask the question, how do you define what is the best in what you're doing? So in this case, a paperclip, is it the best materials? Are those materials found on Earth? Do we need to explore to find those materials? How many people do we need to kill to get those materials? How are we doing? Like, it's all of that. It is a fascinating game of, like, exploring how much do we do, like, how do we define the best and how do we get to the best? Yeah. Wow. I like that. So like, yeah, no, so I didn't mean to be like that. That was a legitimate. That's fantastic. No, 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 I no, love, yeah. I love the stuff being explored there, but like there's, I'm on the SCP website right now and the featured SCP is seven, five, nine, five telepathic frogs. frogs. Yeah. I'm looking at the website too. Or there's a reviewer spotlight of 6932 Sensei. The SCP claims to possess knowledge of over 100 different martial arts. And so sometimes yeah. they're like really benign and simple and other times they're like very odd and eldritch and like so they run the whole spectrum 
of very simple and weird to like terrifying and unexplainable. And sometimes they will have like logs that are written in a first person perspective of like, Mm -hmm. I, the researcher experienced this with this SCP. So it's like a mix of creepypasta and like warehouse 13. Yeah. Like there could easily be, there might already be an SCP about the elevator game. They're like they they're possibly could yeah yeah because there's like one of my favorite versions of the SCPs are the SCPs that are like realms within yeah a place yeah like one the one of the cutest ones that also is sad is there's this box that this card this little like cardboard shoebox I think it was that says here be dragons and if you open it these little origami dragons fly around and like. The the way they talk, it's like this is an actual realm if you go into the box and it's huge. And it was like this little girl's imagination or like the, oh. the imagination of something. But then they like don't have that connection because SCP took them. And it the, the deeper you go into that SCP, by the end, the, all of the dragons are dead. They The last opening of the box, nothing came out. And it's... Yeah. Sad. There's... There is one um, SCP that's really cool is SCP-23, if it's okay. right. Um, oh, but also, like, they have different classes, like Euclid, yeah. which means it's, like, a distinct thing. Um, Keter but, is, like, you're gonna die. Don't yeah, like, they're, they're, they're ranked on, like, lethality and dangers and stuff, too, but there's one that's, like, this, like, sun dog thing and it's like the scp is shaped like a dog and has to be kept in very specific walled off intersection of two corridors at a specific site and it like it had bright orange red eyes and if it made eye contact with you either that you or a family member dies and so they tried to minimize it by removing its eyes and made it more dangerous oh no um so it's just really cool but my idea, and we're a little short on time, so we don't have to go through it. It's just fun to talk about SCPs. I was wondering, it could be fun for us to make our own, not, Ooh, not necessarily yeah. SCP or Creepypasta, but like... Elevator game. Elevator game. Like our own odd... Because for me, the three, like, the biggest key points of the elevator game that make it effective as like weird meta horror that like you can almost environmental, like, you can participate in this, kind of like a Bloody Mary thing. Is it simple? But it's, like, it is simple in that you don't need a lot. But it's also, it's vague and it's specific. Yeah. And it makes a mundane thing creepy. So, here's here's what I'll pitch as an idea. Please. Next week, we all go over the next week Read some SCP, read some creepy pastas, read some stuff like that. Yeah. Next week, come back. We all bring one of our favorite ones, and then at the end of the episode, make our own. Yeah, we can do shorter yeah. bits for each of. I ours. like that. Okay. Yeah, and especially if we're each bringing just our favorite and having conversations about it. Plus, we can like post the links to the different things too for the listeners to like be like, hey. For full context, read these before we get going. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Okay, yeah, I guess I we know what we're doing fun. next week. Sweet. Then. I think we should specifically, though, make an elevator game type deal. 
SCPs yeah. and creepypastas are fun, but like I really like the concept of us turning some random mundane thing creepy. I was thinking we could do that real quick. I mean, like we could do it. I f- I feel like you could do that, and we could do it in a locker room, a very public place. Ooh. Maybe like you have to turn all the showers on. You know, like I feel like we could do it. In a, yeah. Okay, I do. What I like about this one with the elevator game is part of the creepiness is that you're alone. And part of the, I think, elevated creepiness is most 10-story buildings are going to have people in them most of the time. Yeah. Which means, like, you have to be, you have to find a time to be in a public space completely alone. That's why I think locker is good. Yeah. Locker room is good because you're rarely in that alone. Yeah. I think even if we made it like a specific location for a locker room, like a locker room at a YMCA or at like a like gym at a like high school at a, or at a high school. Yeah, something like that's what it is. It's at a high school. Yeah, high schools are scary, especially like right, after yeah. hours, because if you want to be there alone, you, you really got to go when it's closed. Yeah. And I. Yeah. I think a big part of the game, too, is that stepping off point. It's the same with Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary is like a precursor to the elevator game, but way simpler. Like, you go in a bathroom, and it's dark, and you light a candle. And that one plays more with the visual effects of near darkness yeah. on the eyes. Like, you, you, your mind will literally hallucinate just because you're in the dark room with only a candle looking at yourself. Yeah. And this one, though, like the jumping off point for that is actually just saying the Bloody Marys. For this, the jumping off point is, are you going to get out of that elevator? Yes. Like, there is a point where if it works, you go to the 10th floor. Do you step out? Like, you you have to make a choice here. So I want to, what if the choice is like, we're in a school, right? I, I think it could be cool if the choice is like, well, I don't know. Part of me is like, get to the roof and like, step off because reality's different. But I also don't like it like having like suicidey implications. I, I think well, you could easily do yeah. something with the steam of the showers. Okay. To hide whatever, like maybe you have to step out of the steam, or you just start the steam to create the environment, and you have to step mm. into a locker. Or like, well, that's what I was. I was about to suggest is like we make it to where it's like. Ah, uh, that like one of the lockers will pop open because like thinking, steam yeah. also yeah like steam and hot air will make lock pop sometimes yeah okay so, so you you gotta turn all the showers on the hottest level they will go yes and then sit on a bench in the locker room until a locker opens I think okay because part of okay part of the elevator game is that the directions are confusing yeah they're very easy to get wrong go to six go to two go to eight go to two it's very easy to get wrong there has to be an element of that where it's like you know find this locker like find the fourth locker the fourth the fourth locker knock twice open twice open every third locker in in the locker room well well the problem with that is It'll yeah. open, leave one open, and that's the... I, the. The problem with that, though, is like it's a locker room. Like, locks don't just open, like, you need the combination. Yeah. So maybe, 
it could be need to be a locker that you have the combination to. So that that's the stepping off point is you fill the room with steam, you follow like knock twice on the fourth on the bottom in the first row. Not like if you yeah. follow them all and then open your own locker, what's in that locker? What's in that locker is a question that I if the answer is At the bottom, there's a rock, and if you take that rock, it will make you money. I honest to God thought you were going to say, and at the bottom of that locker was the song Reverend Horton. I really thought you were just going to be like, you open the locker and find Reverend Horton Heat, Psycho Billy Freakout. Thank you. I really thought you were just going to end it. No, because see, what I was going to do instead was it you open the bot you open the locker at the bottom there's a small rock the rock makes you money money enough that you have a time machine because you invented a time machine and you funded the research and you went back in time you go back in time back to in time okay but really though while Caleb's setting up this magical bit that'll end the show I think a better part of it is like you got to knock on the right lockers and then sit and wait because what happens with showers and steam and metal and schools creaks you hear sounds so part of it is do the specific instructions wait and do not react to any sound you hear you can hear children laughing you can hear yeah like people like in the in the in the school if you hear people do not go outside. Do not engage. Do not look in the steam from the showers. That kind of thing. If an old man creeps out of the steam, do not speak to him. He will yeah. return soon. Yeah, like, don't join him in the steam. Don't steam him. Like a lobster. If a lobster exits the steam... He's he's just getting cooked. Don't worry about him. He's just cooking you have up. a time machine. Okay, time machine. You go back in time yep. to 1989. Yep. To write the song that will come out on your new band's debut album, "Smoke 'Em If You Got Em." There we go. You are Jim Heath writing the song "Psycho Billy Freakout" by Reverend Horton Heath. And you are the reason we have that song as our opening and closing music. And we thank you so much for that wonderful. Thank you. Great song. song. Great bit. Um, you can also, if you want to, we have a Twitter and that's Junk House, but the Owen House is a zero. Um, Cordell, before you, tell, before you tell us about that email, do you want to read this second email from Fielding? Yeah. Fuck yes. Okay, so this says, <clears throat> Junk House. Did you know? Although milkshakes and malted milk had been around for some time before, Walgreens has claimed credit for the popularization of the malted milkshake, or at least its version of the malted milkshake, invented by Ivar Pop Colson in 1922. Did you also know, in January 2019, 
Walgreens paid $269.2 million for two separate counts of defrauding the federal and 39 state governments in overbilling schemes. <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to Did You Know? Reply stop to stop receiving <laughs> Did You Know messages. I will never reply stop to that. I will never reply so stop. Also, uh, yeah, thank you, Fielding, for that wonderful fact, and that's why I don't use Walgreens anymore. So, I Walgreens is just overly expensive anyway. Yeah, true. Um, but though. part of it, my to get minorly, like I have opinions here. I hate that like big company does horrible, horrible things and just spends a lot of money that it still has a lot more of and then continues to carry on. I hate that that happens. I hate that laws aren't laws for the rich. Yeah, it happens all. That's why I like that Chicago ended cash bail for a lot of crimes. Is that way? It's like, hey, you can't just do this and then pay to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. You have to go to court. No. And if you want to email us. You can do so at junkhousemailbox at gmail.com. Send us fun did you know facts. Send us or did tell you us about not your dad. Know. Yeah, tell us about your dad. Or your mom. Tell us about yeah. Grandma? Tell us about a parental figure that maybe isn't even related to you. Yeah, tell us tell us false truths. Tell us tell us the things we want to hear but are entirely fabricated. Give us some rock facts. It's a rock fact. Rock fact. And as we say every week. We say every week. Ah, help. I did the elevator game in our junk house elevator. Remember that we had 10 floors? And yeah. now I'm stuck and I'm in the walls. Whoa, the wall dimension. Yeah, that I talked like to the fun. girl and she said, I'm putting you in a wall. <laughs> I'm putting. I put. Sammy Cordell doesn't know that I, I pranked him. I put him inside a wall in his sleep. Oh, were you wearing a wig again? Yeah, I was wearing another wig. It How? was a blue wig. How? Hey, what color was the girl's hair? It was blue. Fuck yeah, I Hell fucking got yeah. it. Wait, she was kind of hot though. Like really my <laughs> type. <laughs> yeah, I am. Her rack was incredible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a psychedelic freak out!